Hey there, welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. I'm your host, Chris Desmond. This is the podcast where I chat with interesting people who are doing awesome things, who inspire me and hopefully you guys to get out of our comfort zones. We hear a bit about their stories, but we also go deep into uh, the strategies that they use to help them get uncomfortable. Today's guest is Will Fleming. Uh, Will is a, a dad, a content producer, and a bit of a philosopher, actually. He gave me a challenge uh, at the end of our chat when I when I spoke with him last week, uh, which was just to kind of talk a little bit more at the start of the podcast and uh, kind of go off the cuff a little bit more because what I had been doing is I'd usually write myself a little bit of a script with the introduction um, and apparently sometimes it comes across as a little bit forced so I'd be interested on your feedback on what you what you think this one is like today. Uh, hit me up on the socials uh, at uncomfortable is okay or on Twitter, Twitter, Chris Desmond NZ, um, or flick me an email, uncomfortableisokay at gmail.com. So Will, Will's a really cool dude. Uh, I first came across him probably about 18 months or two years ago uh, when I stumbled across a podcast he was doing called My Kiwi Life, which... Basically, he just sat down and pondered pondered life with a whole bunch of cool kiwis, and it was it was one of the one of the podcasts that kind of really inspired me to to get going on my own podcasting journey. So he's he's been a little bit of a role model with that. Um, at the moment, he's he's producing some wicked content. Uh, he's the creator and host, one of the hosts of Red Red Dads. He is also the creator and host of an awesome podcast called Willosophy, which I got to to sit in on the other day. Now, today Will and I have a little bit of a chat about uh, a range of topics. A lot of it comes back to to perspective um, and also comes back to the analysis that Will's done on himself, what he enjoys, what he loves to do, and how that's shaping how he's trying to live his life at the moment, which is really, really cool. Um, We ponder a bit of stuff on this as well, and sometimes we're just left with more questions than than we get answers. Um, but Will Will has a has a pretty cool strategy of uh, of getting uncomfortable, so make sure to listen out for that one as well. Now, as I said, Will kind of challenged me to go off the cuff a little bit and have a bit of a conversation uh, about about what's what's happening with the podcast as well. So uh, I've been working with. Uh, with a couple of people on just trying to trying to develop a few things to to grow the podcast and kind of take it take it up another notch. Um, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing with it, and hopefully you guys that tune in are enjoying listening to it as well. Um, but just kind of focusing on creating a bit more content around it, uh, making everything a little bit a little bit cooler, getting it out to a whole lot more people. Um, and getting some really interesting guests on as well, and that's kind of the that's kind of the direction that I that we're we're working on with it at the moment. Um, so if you guys have any any feedback on stuff that you would like to hear, again hit hit me up, um, or if you have any recommendations for some awesome guests that I I should get on as well, that'd be uh, be much appreciated. I always love love to be pointed in people's directions. It's been a little bit uncomfortable for me working on working on that. Um, one of the things that I did was actually delegate a little bit of work to to someone. I, I hired a virtual assistant on Upwork uh, to do a bit of research for me about some guests uh, that I that I'm hoping to get on, uh, and that was that was a little bit challenging because that was kind of the first time I'd ever actually released anything from the podcast that I hadn't done myself. I mean, I'd asked people for help before and that, that, that helped, but I hadn't just kind of 
completely delegated a task to, to someone else um, and had had absolute or had minimal input into it. So that was that was a little bit confronting for me, but it was probably a good step in the right direction actually to to get a bit of help on that stuff that is probably doesn't takes a lot of time but doesn't need me to do it. So I'm feeling feeling pretty good about that as well. Um, also ended up having quite an uncomfortable conversation with with someone today as well, um, which I was I was not looking forward to initially, um, and it was a bit uncomfortable as as we got into it. But the results of that are are very cool. Like we come come away from that, everything's a lot more everything's a lot more clear. Um, talked through some some really interesting stuff and actually feeling feeling good, feeling pretty excited now as well um, because I was feeling a little bit a little bit anxious, a little bit grumpy about uh, having that conversation before it happened. So that's probably enough of a monologue for to meet Will's challenge today. Again, let me let me know what you think. If you enjoy the conversation with Will today, make sure to share it out uh, on share it with your mates, throw it out on social media. Uh, it helps people helps people listen, uh, helps grow the podcast, and hopefully helps us get some really cool guests on in the future as well. Um, for those of you that have supported the show on Patreon already, thank you very much. Um, for those of you that want to support the show financially, you can do on Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash uncomfortable is okay. But enough rambling from me. I hope you enjoy getting uncomfortable with Will and I today. Welcome to the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today. Chris, it's my absolute pleasure, dude. Uh, I'm going to try my best not to be the podcast host and to be a good podcast guest for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've Yeah, I've only ever interviewed one or two other podcast hosts, actually. And uh, yeah, sometimes they, they start asking me a few questions, uh, which uh, <laughs> is, is a good thing. Is a good thing. I think it is a good thing, and I think the thing is with podcasters, you are all of the roles. You're the ideas person, you're the executor, you're the marketer. So I think we do get a bit of a green a green pass in this case for jumping into all these roles because, you know, that's kind of our bread and butter as podcasters. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's I think it's interesting as well having a whole lot of different challenges around around podcasts and it kind of keeps everything a little bit fresh for you. I agree, man. And that's the thing about life in general at the moment is that there's so much change. Your fresh is just the symptom of it or the byproduct. That's a symptom of the change. You know, there's with this 24 hour cycle where something can be trending for like five minutes, but that sets up your whole career or breaks your whole career. So it's kind of like an interesting space to be in. Mm, yeah, that, that's a really, really good point, actually. Um, but before we before we jump into that stuff too much more, Will, can you give me and the listeners a little bit of background about yourself, kind of where, you, where you're from, where you grew up, any kind of major sort of formative experiences that you had growing up that led you to this point today? Yeah, I just want to say, Chris, hats off for you to asking for asking this question because it's a question I think people don't ask enough. Who the hell are you and what do you do? You know, we do it in a Twitter bio, but very rarely are we asked to actually analyze who we are. So I am thankful that you're asking me, but then I'm super nervous about it because that's a confronting question. Who are you? It's kind of like the life's big question. And I think we're pretty good at uh, taking a left and right road and not looking at that road straight ahead. But I'll, I'll, I'll try my best to articulate who I am. So I guess number one, and I've thought about this a lot recently, I, I'm number one, I'm a, I'm a family guy, I'm a husband, and I try and do that job as well as I can, meaning 
I just want to get through the day without having too many people grumpy at me or me being too grumpy at people. And that's a challenge. That's a super hard thing to like achieve. And if that was my only thing in life to do, it would be a good job, you know, but we don't have the pleasure of just doing those. You have to be paid to do other things. So outside of that, I'm a videographer. I'm a content creator. I'm a lecturer. I feel like I am someone who <laughs> the that's going to sound like really narcissistic. I'm I'm someone the world is pushing forward now, meaning that I'm a master of nothing and I'm okay at a few things. So that's kind of like that point of view. Going back a little bit, I am the youngest of three older brothers and sisters. I'm like 12 years younger than them. So it's a weird case of I grew up as a solo child, but with a lot of people around me, if you know what I mean. Like I was the youngest, so I was the baby. And in some ways I, I, I didn't have to fight wars because – I had older brothers and sisters who were running interference. So it's kind of a unique uh, upbringing that I've had. And also I'm a child who comes from two cultures. So my mum's from the Cook Islands and my dad's from New Zealand, European. So, for example, I would go to Christmas Day and there would be food and it would go to both families. And in the morning I would start with the European side and we would have kind of several knives and forks and all etiquette and everything. And in the afternoon, I'd go to my Cook Island side and eat with my hands. And as a kid, I, I was trying to work out why is there a difference here? I don't know if I ever thought directly like that, but I know it's given me this outlook on life which is able to adapt fast to change because change was all around me. So, wow, I've gone right down a rabbit hole here of – who I am, but somewhere in the middle, I am someone who is lucky enough to be loved growing up, someone who has been given, you know, the lottery of growing up in New Zealand and having the coolness that comes with that, and someone who's um, been given the chance to take time to find out what they enjoy in life and what they like to do. And so I'm 36 now, and I guess in the last three years or four years, I've really analyzed what it is I love. And now I'm just going to spend the rest of my working life trying to do that. And if I can achieve getting paid and offering value, I think that would be the ultimate goal for me, you know. And ultimately, if I can have enough money to just go back to what I said at the start, be a, be a dad and a husband, uh, I'm cool with that. Nice, mate. Nice. That is, that's <laughs> very cool, eh? I, I like that answer. Um there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there, actually, and I, I want to unpack a little bit of it, actually. Probably the, the first one, it's, and it's very cool to, to be from two different cultures and be able to kind of have kind of a look in, in both areas with that. And, and you said that it's helped you adapt fast to change, but has it also helped you see the world from kind of a, a variety of different perspectives? Yeah, I think so. And and sometimes I think that we try and package these things into into bullet points and buzzwords, but aren't we all just looking for a perspective which allows us to make good decisions, you know? And and if you're lucky enough, I mean, I think people see those kind of multicultural things as a burden or globalism as a burden, but I kind of see it as a your all you're doing is opening up your your ideas and at the end of the day i think there's good ideas and bad ideas and i'm not saying i'm smart enough to know which ones are always good and bad but surely the way you you work that out is just by having more of a perspective and so i think that's a bit frustrating at times too like i certainly think of what i've just said to you and think that's awesome that i have that but what do you do with that information you know, in some ways, I think it would be quite nice to be oblivious to other things going on and just, you know, carry on down the path, you know, and uh, I don't want to get all political, but at times I think our friends over in the States suffer from that. You know, they're only seeing their point of view. And so I guess for me, yeah, I was just lucky to to grow up in that environment and for people not to use that against me. You know, like when you look at me, 
first of all, you probably think, man, that guy looks like something out of Lord of the Rings, like one of those orcs or something. Not like the cool guys, not like the hobbits or Aragon, like those big scary things. But I'm, I'm funny enough looking that I'm not one thing. So I, I don't know if people always can categorize me. And maybe that's been the key to how I've, I've landed in this space now, which is if, if I'm kind of in the middle, I'm, I'm everyone and no one, if you know what I mean. And, uh, yeah, I never really had the feeling that, um, I was, had to push one perspective. Um, both were important for me in terms of culture. Um, I think being from New Zealand, I've identified more with the European side. However, um, I just, <laughs> as I get older now, I just try and find the best of both. So if I could take, you know, really awesome, uh, you know, philosophy from the Western world and go sit on an awesome Pacific Island beach, I'd be, um, I think that would be paradise, you know, just to understand that, um, yeah, there's, there's more than just one thing going on. I don't know if I'll be able to give you straight answers, dude. It's kind of like it's it's always somewhere in the middle for me with these kind of conversations, you know. Yeah, I'm 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 not looking for straight answers with these, That's and I think the more time, the more I ask questions, and the more I start to understand other people's perspectives, the more I see the world isn't isn't black and white, or isn't just kind of specifically like good ideas or, or bad ideas. That everything is on a on a spectrum, and there's a lot of there's a lot of grey, and I mean, with that kind of good idea, bad idea concept that you were talking about before, there are there are good ideas that have some bad in them, and there are bad ideas that that have some good in them as well. Yeah, and I think Chris, that that's almost nature's way to help remind you. You know, like if you have eaten nothing but rat all your life, and all of a sudden someone gives you like this nice piece of steak or something, you think that's amazing, but before that you were just thinking rat was awesome. And maybe rat is awesome. I should probably think about this a bit more. I need some rat. But the the way I kind of think now is like, um, you know, you're talking about this kind of pendulum of, of ideas and good and bad. And someone described it, uh, maybe it was another podcast. I think uh, Jordan Peterson, he's this Canadian dude. And anyway, you either love or hate him. But he talked about um, the symbol for, yin and yang and he talked about this idea that everyone just looks at the big colors the white and black and he said they always ignore the two dots and the two dots are the represent the chaos within both of those so in the black there's the chaos of white and it's sitting there always waiting for its chance to come out and he was kind of kind of articulating it whereas you know, you got your good and bad ideas, but both are needed to make sure each other works. And I think that's what I mean by the rat story. You know, it's like if you just ignore either of those, say we think we're in this awesome place and there's never any trouble, you know, that's just as bad as living in a really bad place where there's nothing good happening. I think we, we really do trick ourselves in this, in this game we're playing of get up and go to work that, that's really all that matters. And I mean, you know, we don't have to stretch too far to know New Zealanders don't do very well when it comes to talking about stuff and, and we don't do very well in the suicide area and there's heaps of things we do do well, but I'm not saying I want six o'clock news to just go down all the horrible things, but there should be a balance, eh? you know? Mm, definitely. And and you make another great point there as well, mate, is, I mean, especially, especially People like us, like uh, New Zealand males, we don't typically talk very much about this stuff, about these, about these concepts. Um, and I, I know uh, from from when I was younger, I, I I never talked about them. I found it really hard and really challenging to to have a chat about the stuff, the stuff that is a little bit deeper, the stuff that is a little bit grey, um, and it's. I think that the podcast has actually been kind of a cool vehicle for making me a bit uncomfortable and start to start to chat a little bit more about this stuff and, and find out a bit more about it. Exactly, man. And, and think about how valuable, you know, people who tune into both of our podcasts, that must be, you know, two people with kind of limited agendas who are just keen to talk about ideas and, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying my ideas are good or bad. I'm just saying they're ideas. 
And if that's what we do as humans, we talk and tell stories, this is just another form of that, you know, share perspective. And then at the end of the day, you make up your own mind. But I, I wonder if it is like that, you know, where all you're doing is sponging in a whole heap of different things. And then maybe your brain knows which is the good ones or, or, or maybe at a certain point humans have worked out how to hack that. You know, I remember hearing a story about the people who invented Doritos and they knew they couldn't have them last as a Dorito in your mouth for like something like five chews because in five chews, your body knows what to do with it. It could film, uh, yeah, what was it? it was something like it could create a thin layer of fat over the roof of your mouth and then your body would know it's full because that's how we roll. We Our bodies know. So they re- worked it out scientifically that if they, if you chewed it for three chews and it dissolved, that layer of film wouldn't happen. And I'm like, I wonder if that's what happens. We're just so good now at hacking ourselves that there's nothing for our bodies and minds to listen to. We just consistently run through autopilot where nothing's talking to each other so these podcasts i think break that you know because it is just people talking and coming up with ideas yeah yeah and i think you can you can get away living life for a while on on autopilot and it's kind of when you start to start to think and start to kind of look into these ideas a little bit more that's when oh, this is sound going to sound real cliched, but your kind of eyes start to start to open up a little bit more around things. And yeah, I, I really liked what you what you said about um, everyone having a dis- different perspective as well, and that's kind of the way that I'm thinking at the moment is that everybody around us, kind of everyone out there, has a, a different perspective, whether that be slightly different or radically different. And there are things that we can we can look at with those people and kind of take uh, the bits that sort of uh, sing out to us from their perspective and, and use it to kind of or experiment with it and applying it to our lives and just leave the rest of the stuff that they do. Exactly, dude. I mean, why do we try and ask Richie McCaw to be everything to everyone? Why can't we just appreciate him for being an awesome rugby player and a good pilot, <laughs> you know? Why does he have to be the face of all our cereal? Why does he have to be the guy telling us Anchor's good? I just don't understand why we need this, or why we have this need in our country to put these one-stop shops on a pedestal. I mean, I would rather say to my kids, admire Richie and be a super fan for his rugby, rugby talents but or let's take Jerome Kaino, for example, who's going through some dramas with family stuff. What what is what place is it for the public to know what he's going through in his private life? Can't we just admire him for being a, an awesome all black? And why does that have to mean as an awesome all black you have to be an awesome husband or wife? You know? I guess what I'm saying is there's other awesome husbands and wives. Let's celebrate them for being that and not expect them to be also all blacks. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yep. Yeah, I, I understand what yeah, understand what you mean. Everyone is everyone is great at, at different things and uh yeah, looking looking at the people that uh that are great in an area that you want to kind of develop yourself and trying to emulate emulate that. Yeah, man. And that's it, I think that's a smarter way to be too, because then you go off on searches. Then you do what we do. You know, you look around and you say, man, I really like what that person's doing in that area. I'm going to investigate some of my time into that. Or I really like what this person's doing in that area. And and who knows? You may reach out to them. You may do a podcast with them. At the end of the day, you just form another little super group of awesome minds. And there's no pressure on anyone to do anything else apart from what they're good at, you know? So I think um, in terms of that learning and mentor space, that's how I'm starting to think. And it's frustrated me for a long time that there's actually no one that I can find who can mentor me in the space that I'm in because I was looking for that one-stop shop. 
So now I'm looking very micro at it. I'm trying to think who are these people who are good at conversations that I can pick up interview tips from? Who's some people that are really good in the parenting space that I can pick up some tips from? And then maybe my role will be, you know, putting all these things, packaging them together to make it palatable for others. But again, worst case scenario, I don't do any of that. All I've done is ponder interesting things with good people. And that's still, I would say, a, a giant win. Mm. Yeah, I really resonate with, with what you're saying there, mate. And I think actually that's quite a nice place to to do a little bit of a pivot about the stuff that, that you do and the content that you create. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned kind of over the over the last sort of three or four years, you've really been analysing what it, what you love and kind of what it is that you want to do. Mm. So can you maybe give us a little bit of a brief background about what it was that you were doing prior to starting that self analysis? Yeah, man, sure. So uh, I guess where it started. Well, going back to the beginning, I. I was talking about family and stuff and I did it the other way. I started my family first with no career and then built my career from my family. So it was a quite a nice way for me to do it. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I certainly had a fire in my belly because by the time I was entering a full job market, I was close to my thirties. Before that, I had just kind of done the family thing, had some help from family, went down that kind of path again. And that's because I could, because I, we come from New Zealand, you know, we're not super rich, but again, there's enough to go around type thing. Um, but once I had the family, I really had to critically think about um, a career. And so what I thought that career would be was a career in broadcast, maybe doing some editing for television, uh, maybe doing some camera work and sound recording. And so my first job when I finished university, I did a, um, a Bachelor of Arts in screen and media and I left thinking I don't know how to do anything apart from write essays on movies so I figured that the 30 something thousand dollars I spent was just a, a ticket to get an interview at a company and it was and that's how I approach education you know that's just a, a just a you pay for an interview and then it's up to you whether you're nice and good enough to get the get the job but I had a um a very low-level entry job at Sky Television, and that was basically back in the day when you recorded everything on the tapes, or VHS tapes, not servers. Um, my job was to record all of those things. And I guess it gave me a, a window into um, television. I was able to see what the producers were doing, what directors were doing, and there was this department that was in uh, Sky at the time called Promos. And they would make little movie trailers, but for television. So little trailers on rugby games, um, like you're watching a trailer for the Avengers, but a 30-second TV spot. And I thought, man, that looks cool because they get to take cameras out and go out and do stuff. And, and they're always kind of smiling and laughing. And I like that, you know. So I kind of investigated how that went. But there was it was such a good job, no one ever leaves. So there was like, you know, people being there 10, 12 years. So I thought, oh, I'm not sure, but maybe where my skills will be is if I can do that plus another skill. And at the time, I would see they were very good at filming, but they weren't good at doing graphic design for their adverts. You know, like you see in the movies, there's a this summer and there's a graphic with that type of thing, and then it cuts back to pictures. And I thought, well, I'll go off and restudy how to do graphic design because that way I was already starting to think I can be a one-stop shop. It will make me more, um, I guess today what we would call a YouTuber, right? These are people who can do everything. Back then, I was, I had the instinct, but I didn't know where to place it. So I did the study and anyway – I skipped forward a couple of years. I had worked my way up to working for Television New Zealand and TV3 at the time for doing these type of things, promo, little adverts. But this thing called YouTube was really taking hold and people were making a career out of it. I don't think I wanted to be a YouTuber and I don't think I do now, but I like the idea. I like the idea that it's direct, that you have a piece of content and your audience enjoys it. And if they enjoy it enough, you can leverage that for a company or for your own one-on-one, -on -one, you know, like Patreon. They can give you money weekly. So that's kind of like where I thought 
things were going, I didn't make the decision to change to this type of content that I'm talking about until about three years ago or two years ago. And it started with a podcast. I thought to myself, I need a regular type of piece of content that I put out there that is me and I own. Because the traditional way for content was you come up with an idea, you go to see a production company, they go and see the television station, and there's too many fingers in the pie, you know? And also, it just doesn't breed good shows. You've got silly reality TV and all that. You know, it's still like that today. It's all, I don't know, it's like, you know how I was telling you about the Doritos and they, they've hacked it? That's what they've done with these reality shows. They've hacked it. So we sit down and watch it and we watch meaningless stuff and they just have a science so your brain can't <laughs> create that thin layer of fat and it can't tell you you're full. So you keep watching this junk. Um, but what I was seeing is uh, a change in the market where the eyeballs were going. I started watching my kids. You know, they weren't watching Tom Cruise movies. They were watching PewDiePie daily bits of content. And so I just thought, you know what, I've got to, I've got to change. So since then, I've been moving towards um, working out how to create for the internet, how to leverage that to get paid for the internet. And I guess what I've come to is that it's a mixture of three things. One, understanding where you fit and what story it is you've got to tell. Two, having enough skills to make that so that people will listen or watch it. And three, understanding the marketing of it. Uh, I've, I've added a number four in there, which is I've gone through the education sector now to be passing on my tips as I'm learning them, right? So the, the students I'm teaching uh, at the moment in video, I'm not teaching them how to be a Peter Jackson. I'm teaching them how to be PewDiePie. I'm teaching them how to have a story, how to tell it, how to put it online, and how to market it. And I feel like they're all symbiotic. If if I can be earning a small bit from each, I think that's the key. I, I, and I would recommend everyone get away from the idea of looking for the breadwinning job, right? Something that's going to pay you 80, 90, 100 grand a year. I would love to make that much. But even if you can get like, you know, 60 or 70 from all these little bits of income, you'll be so happy, you know? You'll be so happy because you'll be doing what you want. You'll be offering value and, 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 and you'll be doing what it means to be human, you know? Like we talk about perspectives. There's four different perspectives I can have in what I just described to you. And I'll, I'll tell you, Chris, it gives me um, an awesome feeling when I'm into these areas. It's like I multitask. I do three or four jobs here and there, and, and I'm interacting with people. And, you know, they're, they're finding value in it too because they're saying, I want to tell a story. My, com my boss is telling me I need more social media but I don't know what to do apart from taking a picture of a cute cat and hashtagging cat Friday, you know? And it's because you know, there's a deeper thing going on here and you just need to work through being able to tell it. It all comes back to that thing. Who the hell are you? What do you got to offer? And let's, let's do this, you know? So that's a little bit of the background about my thinking of where I've come from and where I'm going, where I'd love to go is personally I would like two or three days of really hard out work and then four days of just recharging, thinking, creating opportunities and working in that cycle, you know? Mm, that's a that's a very cool cycle. Thank you very much for sharing that. Well, it was uh, you tell a great story. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> nice to just kind of let you let you go with that. Um, and obviously, you've you've done a lot of uh, deep th thinking around that as well to to articulate that so well. Um, when you when you first started with that, I'm guessing the the articulation wasn't quite as as concise and wasn't quite as eloquent as it, as it is today. No, you know, yeah, yeah. Sorry. When when you kind of started thinking thinking about that, mate, like. And sharing sharing those ideas with people around you. How did they respond when you said, "Hey, look, I I want to change. This is kind of where I'm thinking about going." 
Yeah. Well, the, the hard one is was my wife because she's German. She has a very strategic mindset and she struggles with me sometimes because I am very lateral thinking, you know, and it's hit or miss with me. Actually, I think everything's hit because even your losses are your wins. You go back and draw on them, et cetera, et cetera. But it is very difficult to say we might not be able to afford this this week or if we do, if this doesn't work, we have to really think about another solution. So that's been a good pressure for me. I call it putting my ducks in a row, uh, and I normally do it in the extreme scenarios where I have to choose between safety or the risky. I try to not make my options too risky. However, there has been times where I'm stuck and I'm feeling very down about the current situation and purely because my time was allocated to other people's agendas. When I'm put in those scenarios, and this is how it normally works, I'm feeling super bummed out for two or three weeks, and then I will have a shower or something. And for some reason, I'm able to put a series of thoughts in order. And then what I'll do is I'll try and get that past the gatekeeper, which is my wife in this case, right? Because we're just trying to run a family and trying to stay happy without too many fights. When I feel like she's on board, what that signals to me is my thinking is logical and it's not too out there, right? Because we don't want to be in too much jeopardy. It's not my intention to, to just because I want to do it mean everyone else is struggling around me, you know, like we don't know how to pay rent this week, uh, or et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, it is really, it's really like I try and be real with myself, but I try and operate in an unreal situation. So if no one's thinking about the thinking I'm thinking of, awesome. I will, I will be able to flourish in that. But at the same time, I'm still trying to earn a dollar. I'm just trying to do it in a way that, um, yeah, I, I don't know, have, have any other way to describe it apart from I can't do it for someone else's agenda and, and nor should we, right? That's, that's a, that's not a human way. We don't, we never, as I guess cavemen and that went, all we did was hunt to eat. It wasn't hunt so someone else could sell it on behalf of us that no wonder we're so unhappy. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, it, it's not logical. Um, so again, when you talk about collaborations, that's a different kettle of fish. Me and you talking today is an equal, it's a good partnership. You know, we maybe at a certain part of our career can both leverage it so that we're both making money out of it. So we're not, it's not one working for the other. It's more like a team. And so that's how I'm trying to approach it. So, um, yeah, I hope that kind of, kind of gets around the point that you're asking. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's good, mate. Um, when you, when you kind of kicked off with things, did you just kind of break completely from the previous stuff that you were doing um, in, in the more sort of broadcasting sense and just kind of jump into this feet, feet first? and Or was it kind of more of a slow evolution in the process? Yeah, I think it was slow and I think it was very reactive. Lately, my thinking is proactive. But I had worked for a company, a couple companies that went under. And every time they went under, it was because they were trying to operate in a space that required too many cooks in the kitchen, right? So there was everything riding on this next big job. And if that didn't come through, it was all or nothing. So I think what that was telling me was it, it can't be like that. And they were waiting for the miracle to happen. So for example, uh, say, you know, let's say I came up with an idea, it went through someone else, it went through someone else, and then let's see if we can get that made. And it just, it didn't work twice that I saw it happen. So I thought, well, maybe I've just got to come up with an idea and get it made myself, you know, and that's where this thinking of, then, then I can collaborate. If I can get it to a point where it's going to be made, then why not bring those people back? But stop putting the pressure on a group of, you know, 20 or 30 people to get something made because you're not operating at a fair level. 
you're you're trying to survive as opposed to flourish, you know. And I, I just I've only seen positive benefits of owning the content, of owning myself, owning my brand, and then doing collaboration. So I will never let someone own me anymore. And I see no evidence when I say own, you know, like when I was working for Television New Zealand, it wasn't Will Fleming. It was that guy from promos at T TVNZ, you know. But now if I do a collaboration, it will be like with you. Chris and Will are having a chat on their properties. But I never say to you, Chris, you have to um, put my podcast in at a certain day at a certain time because that's not the area where we need to be interfering, you know. Uh, if no one listens to your podcast and no one listens to my podcast, it's because they don't want to listen or they don't know about it. It's not because of others, other, other agendas, you know? So yeah, that's what really kind of came out was that idea of own, own it all yourself and trust that you have something to offer. And that if they don't like your style, if they don't like your shtick, then adapt listen to that feedback or move on. You know, there's more than there's more than one person out there with the keys to life, you know, like I just troll around and find things. It's like I came across you and listen to some of your podcasts and I'm like, wow, this is exactly what I'm looking for in New Zealand. Now let's reach out and see if we can do some stuff. And you know, this is this is an awesome, an awesome way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, mate. I, I appreciate that very much. Um, and it sounds like from your story there, that kind of story that you just told really kind of sticks into that that first point that you made about understanding your fit, and kind mm. of where, where you fit with things. And it sounds like it was a bit of an evolving process that you had to go through to to understand that. And I think as you mentioned as well, that if, if something's not working, you need to evolve and adapt as well. And I think often that fit that you have, you it does evolve over time as you change as a person and kind of as you understand yourself a little bit more, but also you understand what you're, what you're interested in a little bit more as well. Yeah, and and don't forget that humans adapt. You know, we think that we have to get up in the morning and go to the gym and then go to work and then come home. and Like, no, if there's no food, we'll move or we'll invent stuff or we'll do stuff. So we're very awesome at um, problem solving. And I just think that's a, that's a huge part to what we don't consider in this whole equation of where we're going. You know, like I was only able to adapt my thinking based off experiences I was going through. But those experiences I went through were only through me searching for more understanding of where I could offer value. If I had just stayed at my job and worked my way up the chain or the ladder, I don't know if I would have gone through those, um, think that kind of thinking pattern, you know, it's almost, it's that yin and yang again. The bad stuff has to happen. The anxiety of, you know, two companies going under. Um, gives you that clarity of where to go next. And, you know, again, there's some luck involved here. I'm lucky to live in New Zealand where the threat of me living on the streets with my family was a lower down option. You know what I mean? It was never going to come to that. And I kind of thought to myself, well, if it's all said and done and I can't get a job doing, you know, minimum wage, you can go to wins. We even live in a country where they will give you money if you've got none, even if it's not much. I'm not saying, and I don't even enter the debate on, you know, should we be paying or not. I'm just saying we live in a country where you can. Now, that's a pretty good backstop. Uh, and I think it's up to us to self-manage that in terms of I knew that, but obviously I want to have this kind of standard where I'm pumping out good stuff and being involved and, you know, paying my fair share as I go along. Um, so, yeah, I think there's certainly like, you know, I would just really encourage people that if it's not going well for you, like be stoked because that's that's your chance to kick that thing in your head, that reptile part of your brain is built to 
help you survive. You know, it's it's not there to suppress it. It's there to say, dude, get the hell away from that lion. It's going to eat you. And it did it for a long time. And I think we need to like reignite that. And sometimes it's having a sucky job or, you know, not being in an awesome situation. But, you know, the solution is listen to yourself. And then when it's just overwhelming or no, when the scenario is you've come out of the shower and you've put your ducks in, in a row, then just like back yourself and execute it. Because worst case scenario, just go to wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, uh, that, that's, that's very good. I usually save this question towards uh, for towards the end, but I'm going to ask you it now. Can you tell me about a time that you failed in parentheses and what you learned from it? So basically give it, giving an example of, of what we've just talked about then. Well, to be honest, I make a habit to fail every day. You know, like a big failing that I've had recently is I I run this Facebook page called Rad Dads and it's supposed to be about Kiwi fathers and balancing work and family life. For the last two days around my house, I've been grumpy and shitty and I haven't been what I aspire to be. I've been failing at that, but I know I'm failing at it and I need to find a solution through it. I've really been thinking about, do I need to get a boxing bag and hammer that thing for half an hour? Do I need to get something? Do I need to go for a long walk? I'm, I'm trying to ask the subconscious, help me, you know, help me find a solution because I shouldn't be grumpy. I'm doing what I want to do. But, you know, I guess deeper, just because you, I mean, you have bad days, you know, and it's okay. <laughs> we're just, we're, we're chemicals built up into this meat sack and it's not always firing at all cylinders. You know, you may have had your coffee too late in the day. You may have had not enough water or too much or the wrong type of carbohydrate or the wrong type of protein. And I just think that you're embrace that failure. You know, I don't have one big moment where, and maybe that will come for me where it's all come crashing down. But I think my thinking is strong enough. I would say that uh, acknowledge it was a bad idea, try and find the good idea within it, and then push on forward. You know, at the end of the day, we um, are survivors. You know, that's what we're, until something wipes us all out, we're going to be scrapping this thing out, you know. And I want to be part of that scrap. I want to acknowledge that if there's any possible way which I don't have to stand over someone, I'm all cool with that. But maybe there is a scenario where it's me or you get eaten by the lion, and I don't know how I'm going to react. All I'm going to hope is that uh, there's enough training, thinking, practice that we can both get out of it. I don't know. You know, That's what I'm kind of thinking. I don't know if I mentioned to you on this podcast about um, having visited the Warriors, and they're going through a tough time at the moment, but their thinking is still how do we perform under fatigue? And that's that's what I mean, that fatigue is your failures, you know. Keep failing. Get used to it. And keep, you know, it sounds super cliche, but, you know, chip, keep chipping away. Keep refining what you do. Listen to everyone and try and work out what feels right. If Chris is telling me I'm awesome, am I awesome? Or is he just trying to butter me up, you know? Uh, maybe I shouldn't have used you as an example. <laughs> it's all good, bro. I do think yeah. you're awesome. <laughs> um, no, thank you for that answer. That's, that's very cool. Uh, well, what what is the content that you're creating at the moment? So let the let the listeners know what what stuff is uh, is lighting you up right now. Awesome. So I have a uh, a dad series which I create. Um, I own it. I do some collaborations with the stuff website, but you can check that out at I think just go Facebook forward slash Rad Dads NZ. And, yeah, it's just a page. I've um, recently launched it, but almost 2,000 dads, local Kiwi dads, have liked the page and are interacting with it. And my kind of key thing on that content is make video content where I talk to influential fathers about how they balance work and family life because I think that's the thing that no one talks about. You can be a CEO. You can be the head of the rugby team. But if you don't balance your family at home, you just, you know, you're not getting it done right for you. That means work's taking over. And I'm like, what does it look like to ask the Prime Minister? 
Bill, how do you balance work and family life and what his answer is, you know, regardless if it's bullshit or not, that's not on me, that's on him. I gave him an opportunity to talk about that and I believe no one or not enough people talk about it. And rightly so, Jacinda gets pissed off when people ask her about her family or is she going to have kids, but it's because it's out of context. We should be asking men and women. How do you balance that whole work and family life? So that's the Rad Dads content. I do a podcast where it's a bit like this. I ramble about weird, silly stuff. It's called Willosophy. I'm not 100% on that name because I feel like it's narcissistic that I named my podcast after myself in philosophy. But it's the best I could come up with at the time. Uh, and outside of that, I do some work for MIT, which is Manukau Institute of Technology. I run some video courses there and make some video content for the MIT Facebook page. So look at all, these are what I was saying. They're all little streams of content, of income that overall just make me make me pretty happy. So that's that's the plug. Awesome, bro. That's, that, that sounds wicked. What should we look be looking out for next from you? Uh, nothing spectacular. <laughs> if I crack it, it'll be because I've thought about it, tested it, and have found an area which I can provide value in. I really hope that I am not the how-to-dad guy. I hope I don't become a meme. I hope when you hear me, you'll think of someone like a Tim Ferriss or a Gary Vee who have entrenched themselves in a culture, in a movement of being. What I'd like is if you heard your name, my name, and 10 other people's names as being part of an awesome collective which are offering good ideas to influential people. You know, for me, that would be that would be super awesome. And actually, I'd, I, I hope you don't hear too much from me. I'd, I hope to just have a, a small but loyal audience who together, you know, they will help look after me, I will help look after them, and then I can just live, live the dream, which is probably based on this chat, um, you know, in a Pacific island somewhere with my family thinking about philosophy. Mm. It's a very cool dream. Very cool. <laughs> well, what was the uh, last uncomfortable thing that you did and how did you get through it? Um... Yeah, again, I will say I do. I try and make a habit to do uncomfortable things every day. Okay, but as a as an example, uh, and maybe you want to edit this out. I can do a better job. So the last uncomfortable moment I had uh, was when I interviewed the prime minister, and the night before I was about to interview him, I had a background check done on me. I got a call from the stuff people from the website, and they said, "Well." we think we'd prefer you not to wear your backward Star Wars cap. <laughs> and I said, look, team, I understand what you're saying, but the problem is is that I'm not John Campbell. I'm Will Fleming who's going to talk to the Prime Minister, hopefully dad to dad. And if I don't wear that hat backwards, not only do, do I have the feeling I'm not being authentic, but I guarantee you the people that watch my show will think I'm not being authentic. And they said, oh, um, should we think about a bit more about this? And I said, well, can I ask the Prime Minister myself? And if he says, yeah, I find that rude, I'll be the first person to take that hat off. So they said, yeah, okay, give it a go. So <laughs> I found his, you know, press liaison, and I said, do you mind if I just have 30 seconds to talk to the Prime Minister? And this is what came out. I said, Prime Minister, I'm not an interviewer. I'm not a media person. I'm a dad who's about to ask you a few questions about being a dad. I'm a dad who wears... Uh, the same clothes if I'm meeting you or if I'm going to work or if I'm going out to dinner. Do you mind if I sit down with you and wear my backwards hat? And do you mind if I call you Bill? And he just said, yes, sweet as, let's go. <laughs> awesome. So we built up this whole thing in our heads and no one ever thought to ask the prime minister. So I think I came out on, you know, it was uncomfortable. I was sweating, but I used it as part of my uh, as part of my video. So if you watch the actual video, I leave that bit in when I ask the prime minister permission to wear a backwards hat, and he says yes, sweet ass. So there you go. Oh, that's wicked. What's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do, and why is that uncomfortable for you? Yeah, so the, probably the next uncomfortable thing I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to be reaching out to a lot more 
business people to talk about collaborations. And where this is a little bit uncomfortable for me is that I need to sell myself in a way which is comfortable to me. So when there's money involved, that's the that's the factor that hasn't been part of this whole equation. This has all been built on feeling and love. What does it look like to translate money into content that people like and, and love and enjoy and engage with? So I'm expecting some more uncomfortable conversations, uh, particularly when things don't land or hit well. Right, we're talking best case scenario. Will Fleming makes awesome stuff, and everyone's happy and yay. But what if something goes wrong, or you know, accidentally something gets put out negative about me? How do people work in those scenarios? Again, I would say I'm willing to go through that because that will help me with my overall thinking, which is you know, use the failures as your win. So I'm a little bit nervous, but to be honest with you. I, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I'll be like your other guests. I kind of embrace the uncomfortable. Mm. I see the uncomfortable as that little dot. It's the chaos. Oh, where, where, okay, so maybe where I do feel a little bit uncomfortable is all the people I respect in that social space, they, they all are, are prepared to put it all on the line for a perspective. If you look at a Joe Rogan, He's sitting there saying, I don't care if you think marijuana's bad. I love it, and I'm going to do it whenever and however I like. He's taking a position. I think people respond to people taking positions. I just hope when my moment comes and I have to take a position that I back myself again. And I'm sure that will be uncomfortable. But, again, I would say I can't lose because even if it goes horrible, there'll be some learning. And, you know, I can refine who I am again. Yeah. Wicked, wicked answer, mate. Do you have any strategies that you use when you're approaching uncomfortable situations? Yeah, I do. Um, my number one strategy would be to keep it simple. Um, we, it's all, the answers are there. Uh, so one of the ways I think through things is, particularly when I'm very unsure, is I look at the things I like in my life and love in my life. And if no one's had to explain that to me, that's the right way to do it. So for example, when my children were born, I didn't have to be told I love them. You know, that just happened. And life has to be like that, I think. So uh, if you're in a situation and you're not sure, really just consider what's the gut feeling you're getting. Does it, you know, you, you know if something doesn't feel right and they're trumping it by money or opportunity or a false promise, I would just say the strategy is listen to you. If it doesn't feel right, just lie and say you need – or don't lie, but you can lie to get out of it, you know. Don't worry about the PC stuff. Whatever you need to do to get out of that space and think about it or ask someone or just have 24 hours to think deeper about it, you know. These things of buy now, buy now, they're conditioning us to make bad calls. And it works. You know, I, I brought a, <laughs> I don't want to really admit it, but I brought a, uh, a, a video on mentalism, <laughs> you know, like how to <laughs> do kind of weird tricks on people. But I did it because it said buy now. And I mean, I like the video, but it suckered me in. And my point is we're all being suckered in. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's about to get more. You know, Facebook has got a hold of, it offers value, but it knows you better than you sometimes. And there's an algorithm that's tracking. So, you know, we're going to be put in these situations where it's like invest in this, yes or no. And it's a push of a button. It's getting that easy. So I'd just say like understand that there's craziness going on that don't assume someone, maybe the person who's asking you or talking to you is somewhere between good and bad and be okay with that. You may be yourself. That will take a heap of pressure off you if you understand that you are an animal and you're a monster, but you know what? You're controlling it. And, you know, I think just control that monster. And so the strategy is to just trust a little bit Acknowledge if you need help, get help, um, 
And I think if you really critically analyze the things that you can do for hours and hours and hours and never feels like work, that's probably you're on the right track. Mm. Yeah, that's a wicked strategy, man. Well, I've got one more question for you, but I yep. just want to take a minute and say thanks, mate, for sharing your time with me on a on a Sunday afternoon. I know I'm holding you up from uh, having some great warehouse fun this afternoon, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm also wanting to thank you as well for uh, kind of being being a, almost a little bit of a role model to me as well with the stuff that you're going through, uh, the way that you're you're approaching going into this area of your of your life and the way that you think about it as well it's um it's always really interesting to to hear your thoughts um on a, on a variety of topics and sometimes they just leave me with more questions than when i started but i think that's a good thing as well yeah man well thank you again i mean i find the same exactly the same from you and I think if we play these play these roles for each other where we can offer maximum value without without having the feeling the other wants something from them, if we can both win, and I would say to anyone, you know, if you can work as a collaboration, it's, it's so awesome because I'll be – most of the time we will never talk like this. It'll be I'll listen to you, you listen to me, but in some strange way we'll get to know each other, you know, and it's been no different with – cave drawings and pyramids or books or emails and now we're just in this weird space where we're leaving time capsules for each other and ultimately to share perspective on your way to work in the traffic is an awesome thing you know it again it, it if you really think about it, it as as it's the counter to all of the junk that's going on in life you know and and because uh, it's super easy to get yourself down about stuff that's going on. And I mean, dude, I love spending a Sunday having these type of conversations with other good people because, you know, the warehouse can wait. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, bro. Thank you. Um, well, before we wrap things up, mate, do you have any challenges to leave me and the listeners with this week? Yeah, I do. I'd go right back to the start. I'd say, look in the mirror and ask, who the hell am I and what do I have to offer? And the rules are you can't say nothing. You can't say I don't have anything to offer. So a couple of ways to think about how to find your value is not worrying about what you can offer other people. What is it that puts you in your flow? So what I mean by that is when I sit down and edit a video, I lose track of time. But when other people sit down and edit videos, that doesn't happen always for them. It feels like a chore. So what I mean is when you go mow the lawns, if that just feels awesome for every minute, then mow lawns and be the best bloody lawnmower ever because you can do it when no one else can be bothered. You know, I'll sit up till 2 in the morning cutting a video, and I know it's just me who's seeing it, but I get these cool feelings and thoughts and ideas and and that's my jam, you know, and I don't expect everyone to be able to do that. But that's the challenge, Chris, is to, like, say, is physiotherapy my thing? Or is it what people have told me I'm good at? Is it when I had to make that decision about what I do for the rest of my life, did I make that decision? Was it a correct one? Because there's no, there's no bad things here. You're still going to go to work on Monday, and you might just start asking your subconscious these questions. But really try and work out. So when someone says in the elevator, hey, Chris, tell me about yourself, you can say, well, you know what? I do this, but here's some other stuff about me that I really enjoy. And then who knows where that conversation goes? Maybe it's like our conversation, a 59-minute conversation about, you know, random life thoughts. You know, some people will say, that's just, you're just talking crap. Why don't you go and do other stuff? But Dude, that's what we do as humans. We talk crap. And sometimes the crap talk, you know, helps us work out the gravity, helps us work out how to get to the moon, helps us work out how to create, you know, weapons that can destroy us. And maybe that's what will happen. But I don't know. Even if it's all for nothing, it's still pretty awesome that it could be all for something. You know what I mean? So that's the challenge. Start thinking about you more. 
And I'd say just like, don't be so PC about it. If someone says, hey, Chris, I really want you to come to this thing on Tuesday and you don't want to go, just say, I can't come <laughs> and spend that time with you. You know, that's not weird. That's not weird to go in the bush and go for a hike by yourself. It's not weird to sit down and listen to a meditation tape. I mean, if anything, it's it's weird if you're not, you know? Yeah. Well, Fleming, that has been amazing, mate. Thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today. Dude, it's more uncomfortable if I listen back now and hear all the crap coming out of my mouth. Because <laughs> there's, there's a high possibility that I'm in the yin-yang and the colour I'm in is the crap colour. <laughs> <laughs>